So I want to just continue on. This kind of be the last week I'm talking about directing the steps and paths and stuff. You guys are getting sick of this. If not, or if you are, too bad. But, you know, I think it's really good. It's helping me. God's opening up. And, you know, I feel like... Um, I don't know if you guys have done the foundations or or got the basics 21 days. At all. I mean, that I'm thinking, Lord, I know the foundations. I work on this stuff every day since I've been, I was saved in 1997. I was 15 years old. I'm thinking, I've learned this stuff. But man, I'm going through that and I'm like, oh, this is new. It's opening up. I had things opening up. And you know what it did? God said, I'm going to challenge you to be able, I want you to be better at being able to share foundations with people. You can know what salvation means, but do the people that you're walking through actually know what it means? You know what it means to follow Christ, but do the people that you're actually talking to that you're sharing it with, do they even understand what that is? And I thought, oh gosh. So the Lord's like, so you need some foundations there. And I was like, oh man, thank you, Lord. So I've been kind of, I'm loving it. I'm excited about it. And so today I'm just going to talk about following. That's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, how many guys have played follow the leader? You know what I mean? Most of the time we're just waiting till like, I want to be the leader so I can direct where I'm going. So as soon as you become an adult, all of a sudden follow the leader, we get to be our own leader. And if we haven't done a good job of following, we're probably going to go some places that we don't want to be. So we talked about, Matt talked about waiting and expectation, you know, for God, not just sitting there and just hoping things will happen, but waiting in expectation that something is going to happen, that God is going to move on our behalf. And then we talked about not just saying, God saying, oh, this is what I want to do for you. This is the destiny for your life, but saying, Lord, also, I want you to walk me through that. And I want to allow you to direct my path. We've been in Proverbs 16:9. It says, within your heart, you can make plans for your future. God gave that to you. You get to decide. When we say, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you guys have probably, most of you decided your professions or, or you know, life choices. He says, you, you get to decide within your heart. You can make plans for your future. And we should make plans for our future. But the Lord chooses the steps you take to get there. Say, get there. <laughs> All right. We need to get there. It's a race you want to finish and complete. We want to fulfill that. So, Salvation is really just the first step. It's not the end. Do you guys know that? It's, but a lot of times we act like, yes, they're saved. I don't do anything. I'm saved. I don't do anything. It's good because it feels good in that moment. And there's kind of a honeymoon stage to salvation. Like when you first get saved, I mean, I think that when I first got saved, I was like crying all the time because I was now aware of my sin. You know, but then over time, doesn't it seem almost like if you don't clean your glass, it starts to get dingy and then you can't really see as well. And you're like, oh, it's fine. We don't even realize that we get a little hardened to our own sin. When we first get saved, it's exciting. We want to tell everybody, like, I was like this and this is happening now and I have peace and I have freedom. And then as we get older, we're like, the longer we've been in that, it feels different sometimes. Even though God never said it should feel different, right? Nothing's changed on his end. So it's not over. Salvation is not the end result. You know, salvation is a gift that we received, and now we got to open it up. I think the part we forget to tell people, what do you do with a gift? Do you get it and say, oh, thank you for this gift, and go put it on a shelf and never open it and see what's in there? Seriously, <laughs> you have kids, you know, they're like, I mean, I love going to like parties or things like that where someone's opening gifts and all the little kids come around. They don't care if it's their party. What are they doing? 
they're helping open up. They're like, what's in there? They're, you know what I mean? Um, I can't remember which one of my kids, but we were somewhere, and they were little. Or maybe it wasn't one of our kids. I can't remember, but the kid was like opening up and saying, this is what you got. This is what you got. <laughs> it was Isaac. <laughs> and it was just hilarious because this is what you got. Um, you know, because that's exciting. No, we don't just say, oh, thank you for this gift and never open it. We want to open We want to see what's inside. And then if it's something inside, we want to, if it's something we need to use, we want to learn how to use it. I got this little drone and I'm not, I need a lot of, I need to learn a lot about what this does and how to run it and how not to make it go into candles and splatter wax everywhere. That's something I shouldn't, you know, I got to really learn. I I don't just sit there and be like, hope you fly. You know, I got to get these controls and I got to learn it, right? So we got to open it up. As Christians, we're followers. How many of you guys have heard, like, you're a follower of Christ? How many of you guys were even told that when you got saved? Like, now you're a follower of Christ. And the person in front of you is like, you're a follower of Christ. And you're like, Okay, back it up. Creepy. You know, like the first time I got saved, like people were telling me all this stuff because they had like 30 seconds to be like, raise your hand if you guys. I got saved at a huge thing that had like a thousand other people got saved with me. Then there was like all these people with the tags on and like everyone's got to find someone with their hand raised and they're running up to you and they're like, this is what you did. And I'm like, I'm crying. I don't know what's happening. You're, like, you're fine. That's Jesus. And you're like, he is. He cries. Like what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't under, they're trying to put everything I needed to know in this like 30 seconds they have with me in case they didn't see me again. And they're like, you're a follower, it's so good. And I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some of you had a little better experience. I mean, it was good. I felt good. I remember it. But <laughs> we have that. People are like, you're a follower now. You're like, but where are we going? Who am I supposed to follow? Like Jesus, like who is he? So it was definitely, if you're following, if you're a follower, that means you're following somebody. You're, you're going somewhere. You're not stationary. You are following. You are going somewhere. And I want to look back as we are all sinners. And we all make mistakes, but really it's how we walk that out, how we clean them up, how we move forward will determine the amount of peace and joy we actually get to live daily. When people say, oh, it's so good, you know, you met Jesus, your life's going to get better. But if they're not following, they don't see that. You know, it's, it's just a thing they said or did. And that's why it's so important to be, you know, explained and, and move and grow. Because I want peace in my life, not just want it, I crave peace. I want it. It's essential to my life. It's not just an excess or something that I guess I could take that. It's okay. And I want joy. There's times I've had joy and there's times I've been happy. Things make me happy, but they're conditional and they are easily can change from moment to moment. But joy is like, I'm going through some terrible things and I still have some joy inside me. So that's what we're talking about. Like, how do we walk this out? Salvation is easy. We didn't do any of the work. Following is a lot harder than it looks. Following is a lot harder than it looks. And it's even harder when we don't have any foundational truths, you know, inside of us, isn't it? So if you have nothing to go by, if there's no, you know, when you're little kids, I don't know if any of you guys remember, like, you know, they um, daycares and stuff would get this rope. It was your guide. So, you know what? You put that rope, they have a handle. You can take 20 kids anywhere. 
You try to take 20 kids from one side of the room without the other, without a guide, without a foundational piece, nobody's making it. Even, not even you. <laughs> I worked with small children, and I'm like, when people say, oh, you only had two kids, I said, the Lord gave me two hands. You know, those of you that have more, the Lord has graced you. <laughs> you, are, you are phenomenal people. I don't know how you do it. My mom had nine, and I thought, you had a lot of extra angels or something. I don't know. Two's hard enough to make sure that they, you know, at least I got two hands, like, you're not going anywhere. So hard, following is a lot harder, and it's harder when we don't have those foundations. And it's easy to say, just let the Lord direct your steps. Just follow Jesus. That sounds pretty, doesn't it? That sounds super easy. It sounds easy. So, so let's say someone comes to you that's broken or hurting or um, how they're going to, how, how are they going to feel if you say, oh, just have peace and follow Jesus? They're in the midst of junk. If you just say, just have peace and follow Jesus, what if they have no foundation of faith? What if they have no foundation of God's character or hope or truth? What is that going to do for them? It's not going to work. It's not going to work out very well. You saying amen? Yeah? So I want to go into a scripture, a uh, passage of scripture. Now, usually this is used for funerals, and I don't know why. I don't know why we say, you know, Psalms 23, right? It's all about life and living, so I don't know why we, <laughs> we do that. But I'm going to read it and because I think there's power in it, and why not use it while we're on this side of heaven? You know what I mean? So basically it says, we're going to start right at the beginning. It says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the right path, and he leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Even when your path takes me through the valley of the deepest darkness, Fear will never conquer me, for you already have, Lord. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, you, for you are near. You become my, my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my cup overflows. So why would I fear the future? Only goodness, tender love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forevermore with you. Whew. There's a lot going on in there. I believe that's the passion. I didn't read, I believe that's the passion. So if you're looking for that translation. So, um, so I look at that and I'm like, God said a lot of things in there. I, so at the very beginning it says, Yahweh is my best friend and shepherd. What makes someone your best friend? Do you guys have a best friend? Somebody? You spend time with, yeah, you spend time with them. You get to know them. They get to know more intimate details about your life than maybe like, you know, you're not going to the grocery store like telling everybody like your life. Like, hey, come here, let's walk and talk. I mean, I have had that happen to me lots of times, but... You know, they're not, 
they're not really my friends. They're acquaintances that I know, but your best friend, if they're your best friend, they know things about you. They also help keep you in line. They, it comes together, right? And then if there's a shepherd, a shepherd cares for, watches out, protects, corrects. See, that's the part in the shepherd. He's like, sheep, you're not going anywhere anymore. You're going to learn to stay here in the flock where the safety is. And he leads and things like that. And then I love um, this part. He says, his tracks take me to an oasis of, pe- of, oasis of peace. If we're following, we're looking at those tracks. We're walking in that. We're walking in that to an oasis of peace. He leads me towards peace. If there's no peace in what you're doing or the direction that you're going, maybe God's not there. Maybe that's not the direction God wants for you. Now, I'm not saying it can't be chaotic around. I've had some things that are just chaotic, and it seems like they're not working out, and I have peace in the midst of that. That's when I know that it's God. Like, I'm 100% know that it's God. When I walk through things, you know, and carrying my children, and everything was chaotic, and every report was bad, you know what I mean? And I said, no, you know, they're telling me, you're going to have to go down to Grand Rapids and you're going to be in the natal, neonatal if your baby survives, but we think you should abort the baby. You can do that because this baby's not going to live. And, you know, if they do, you're going to be weeks and weeks in here. You need to start preparing yourself. And I'm, they thought something was seriously wrong with me because I just started laughing. I'm like, <laughs> well, the Lord told me I'm having the baby right here and it's going to be fine. And they're like, we got one, you know. They're like, we got one here. And you know what? It was chaotic, but I had the peace of the Lord. Now, my body did not feel peace. My mind at times didn't even feel peace. What people were saying was not peaceful. What the statistics and the charts and all of the things were saying, that would not bring peace. But this is that child. Because I had to say, okay, Lord, this is leading me through some dark places, but I can still have peace. So if there's no peace, even if everything is lining up, you ever done something that seems like these are all the greatest decisions? Like it seems like it's going so good, but you just can't do it. You ever had things in your life where people, like they bring you the best scenario and they're offering you like this greatest thing and you're like, why can't I say yes? I remember one time Matt got an offer, and they're like, hey, they offered me this position, and I've been making like six figures. And I'm like, no. I'm like, did I say that? <laughs> Wait a minute, let's think. But, there, but we couldn't have peace in that. We couldn't have peace in that. And I thought, okay, that's how we know. We walk in peace where God is, not what the circumstances look like. So God said he's going to lead us in peace. And letting God be the authority gives you strength and peace. That means what his word says we do. What his word says we do. You know, it says do not steal. (laughs) Then we don't do it. Uh, When I was four years old, I think four or three, I decided to steal some gum. You know, they used to have the counters and then the gum was all in front, like the candy, like this. And so my mom's up paying and I'm just filling my pockets, you know, but I know it's wrong, and I'm, like, trying to walk out. I get to the car, and I'm like, uh, you know, we always, when you get to a vehicle, you want to sit as far up front as you can when you have, like, all these siblings. I went all the way to the back of the van. There was no seatbelt, so I mean, like, all the way to the back, you know. So I'm back there. My mom's thinking, well, this is weird because, you know, 
when you were four years old, you didn't have car seats or booster seats. You know, you could sit in the front seat. <laughs> Which, a little side story, we had a really old van. And I remember one time we were driving and we turned on this road. And my mom starts screaming at me. And she's trying to grab me. She's driving. And I'm, I'm going away from her. Like, my mom trying to beat me. What's happening? Like, and actually the door came open and I almost fell out. Um, so, but she got me. But I was like, you know, you see your mom coming at you screaming. You're thinking, oh, I got back up. So, back to that was that van so I'm in the back of this van and and then my sister comes back there she's like what are you doing I'm like well well don't tell anybody but I stole all this gum and I'll give you some if you don't tell she said okay so she you know and I'm having like anxiety like shh be really quiet like turn sit backwards because you had like the bench that you could like sit backwards we were she takes all this gum she uses it and then she goes mom Sarah stole the bunch of gum after she ate that gum. I had a lot of anxiety there because I knew, I knew that wasn't right. Right? There was no peace there. And my mom, I mean, I still, I can remember this as vivid. It was the dime store in Hart. Remember dime store, those Hart, Hart people? Dime store. And my mom made me go in there and walk in front of her with money. And she made me go up to the counter and not like the counter, okay? And she made me put the money and she, she made me say, I stole this from you, and I'm sorry. (laughs) And I was like, that will get you. Let your kids steal one time, okay? You know, and then deal that. They're not going to steal anymore. But I looked at, there was no peace in that the whole time. It wasn't worth that piece of gum that I got to have on the car ride home. It wasn't worth it. And that was, my peace was gone. I was worrying, I was worried, worried, and it was embarrassment. And, and, you know, I had this fear. God wasn't in there. God's like, we don't do that. You know, and then the other thing it says in there, I love where it says, you anoint me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Holy Spirit also brings gifts? He brings along gifts. Wisdom. Make good choices. That's what wisdom is. It's making good choices. Knowledge, counsel, witness. You know, it teaches, it encourages. There's faith and there's miracles and just so many more things that the Holy Spirit gives us. Do you guys know that wise people make better choices? You guys don't know that? Like, you'd rather be like, hey, here's a fool. He's got a plan for your life. Oh, okay, so you guys do know that wise people make better choices. Okay. Ooh, almost got that one. That could be why they're called wise. You know, the older you get, they say, ways, uh, you know, wisdom comes with age and a gray hair is a crown crown of splendor. Well, they probably got wise from probably being fools a lot of (laughs) times. That's how we learn the easiest. Um, And when we have the realization of God's word, he makes it really easy. He makes it really easy. So I'm going to have, can I have Jordan and Layla come up here? Okay. Okay, come here. You guys just stand here. Okay. We call them the twins. They're not related, but they're very similar. They could be twins, right? Um, Lana, you come up. Okay. So I'm going to talk about what it is like to follow. Okay. So just come right here. You're so pretty, right? In, right in the middle. Yeah, you can. I'm tall. She, <laughs> that's my child. <laughs> I built that. So when we learn to follow people, so if I say, all right, you guys, go ahead and just go. Lana, go ahead and follow them. Go, go ahead and follow Go. Come on. Go. Follow. Yeah, go ahead and sit down, guys. So that was, 
So she didn't know they were going in different directions. So following is a lot easier when you know who you're supposed to follow. That would have been a lot easier for her if I said, oh, you're supposed to follow your sister. You're supposed to follow Jordan. Following is a lot easier when we know who we're supposed to follow. And you know who, you're, who to follow by recognizing their character and their voice. That is what we do. Following is easier when we know. So we meet Jesus. It's easier if we know who to follow. And we need to know who, what he sounds like. We need to know his character. Following is a daily, hourly, sometimes minute-by-minute choice, right? We'll be doing a good job. We, we get distracted. We go off that, you know, that path. And we're able, you know, to live and lead people in peace if we know how to lead them to follow our Savior. So I'm trying to find where I am here a minute. Salvation is the beginning of our walk, but we have to learn how to follow. We have to learn how to recognize his voice. If someone tells us contrary to God's word, if someone tells us something contrary to the Bible, we need to immediately be like, what's going on? That's not, that doesn't sound like my Savior. That doesn't sound like God. So when we're followers... We no longer live in that sinner state, right? We're no longer like, I'm a sinner, I did this. No, because we have Jesus. He came in, you know, we had the blood of Jesus over. And we know God's character. We know God's voice. If you heard something that said, go kill your brother, would you, you should all know, like, do you think that's God? Raise your hand if you think that's God. Okay. Whoo, good job, God. You know? We know that that's not his voice. That's not his character, right? That's an easy one. So we have to know his voice. And we'll experience that fullness the more we know his voice. And we'll be able to live and lead people in peace. You know, um, and I like the last line. It says, then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence um, forevermore with you. So he's saying, I want you to experience it here. Not just wait for heaven. We do not just get saved and then spend 70 years or 80 years, however it is, or 50, whatever it is. We don't just spend that waiting to get to heaven. We do not waste our time here on earth. It is our job to bring heaven to earth. It is our job to let the Lord direct our path because we are supposed to be ministers of the word. We are supposed to go out and preach the gospel to all people. There are people here in your you know, sphere of influence that do not yet know Jesus. Even if you're like, I grew up like in a really, like, you maybe you grew up in the Bible Belt or a, or a community that, you know, there's a church on every corner. There are still people there that have not met Jesus. So I want you to rejoice in your salvation. We're excited we got saved, but I also want you to rejoice that I get an opportunity to mature. I get an opportunity to follow the Lord. I get to follow Christ so I can be a blessing and not a hindrance to the kingdom and live that throughout all eternity. So it goes from salvation and it never stops. We don't get saved, stop for 70 or 80 years, and then just experience the overflow when we get to heaven. And really, all of the answer is right there. How do you follow? How do you follow? Who do you know who you're following? It's in the word of God. We need to know what it says. 
We need to believe what it says. We need to talk about what it says. You know, we need to do what it says. You know, we need to share what it says. We need to be ready to give an account in every situation. We have to know the word. The word of God is the only thing that's going to keep you, your path straight. The on, that's the only way, is knowing God's character. We know his character because he gave it to us in his word. That is how we follow So when we first get saved, we're excited. But if we don't stay in the word, it's going to be really hard. And there's going to be a lot of voices. And there's going to be a lot of things that distract us. But if we stay in the word, that's where we're going to have the authority. That's where we're going to have, you know, success. That's where we're going to have, you know, walking our destiny. Because the Lord will direct our steps. His plan for us is easy big, enormous, you know, huge, grand, far better than anything we can plan for ourselves, right? Sometimes when we're in, I love on that song, it said, God's in the mountains and in the valleys. And I thought the great thing about being in a valley is you eventually, what happens, it's a valley. So there's, that means there's a mountain on the other side because it's a valley. So you get to go up. And the Lord says, you know, I'm bringing you through here for a reason. Because this is, I love our testimonies, our testimonies. It says, by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimonies. So we're going through some tough or dark areas. And God said, don't worry, go through them. You have all the tools right here that I gave you to do this, to be a light, to share the gospel with others. So our testimony, so bad things happen, and God says, don't even worry about it, because I'm going to make that bad thing. It's going to produce people. It's going to produce in the kingdom. (laughs) I mean, healing, salvation, all these things, you know, um, abundance, revelation, you know, all of the things that you're doing, and you share this testimony, it produces in the kingdom. So you might have went through a really hard time. You might have been that woman with the two the two pennies that dropped that in. And, and then later, I look at us, we were the two penny, we were that lady. You know what I mean? I remember putting money in God's, like, we just learned this principle about giving. And you know what? There were times that I remember when we were dating, or maybe we were engaged, I, can I went to school, and I thought, I do not, I do not have a way to get home. I have no gas in my car. I'm in Muskegon. So I brought my pillow and my blanket, and I put it in my car. And, you know, we, we're following the things of God, and I'm like, it's just so tight right now. Like, um, planning a wedding, all these things. I think we were engaged because I remember that. <laughs> planning stuff. And I thought, okay, Lord, your goodness is that you will provide for me. So I, I planned. I was leaving because I worked at the, sco- the college, too. And... Um, the lady I work with, she's like, I don't, I just want to give you $5. And I thought, y'all, $5 doesn't feel like that much now. <laughs> Gas was like a dollar five or something. And I was really upset about that because it was over a dollar. <laughs> but I just thought, God, you took care of me in the little. Times that we put into God's like, I want you to give to this. I remember when we were first married, we got married, then 9-11 happened, and <laughs> There was no jobs. We think there's no job. There was no jobs. You couldn't get a job at McDonald's. You couldn't get, like, there were literally no jobs for people that had, we didn't have experience. We were 19 and 21 years old. There were no jobs. You know, we literally 
trying to find work that and and so we were really really tight with money and and my mom calls me one day and she said hey can your sisters really need something and could you bring them some groceries because I don't think they have any because we lived an hour and a half away and you know I'm going through like we're going through and we're like okay how many packs of ramen do we have we have to go like seven days and then we have and now we have to give half of everything we have so you guys eggs and ramen and pancakes are the cheapest things that you can go forever. People say cereal. You know how much that costs and how much milk costs? I can't afford cereal when I had to. You know what I mean? Eggs. You know. And so we split that and, and we gave. And I thought, Lord. And then the next week, blessing came back to us. And so that's a testimony. I just want to use it as a testimony. As, like now, I told the girls, I said, guess how much we spend on groceries? They're like, <gasps> You know what I mean? Like, they're like, there's only four of us. I said, y'all, but eat like a dozen. I don't know. But I'm like thankful, like when I go there and I'm thinking, one week of groceries would have been two months for me when we started. But just being faithful, it's like, God, you still did that. That's our testimony that he took us from, from nothing and he built us and we grew and it became that we learned how to use, how to be good stewards of things and how to be givers, and God brought it back. So your testimony, God has a plan. He had a plan for us to go through that because he knew where we would be. And he has that for every single person in their life, wherever you are. So his, get in step with him. Get in step and know who to follow. Know what he sounds like. Know his voice. So let's pray.